Welcome to this week's episode of the Thundercast. Joining me today is Parker Haney, like always, and I am Christian Esparza. Bring in some SEU sports action right into your lap. First, Parker, let's start off with football. Uh, switch the order up a little bit. It's been a rough few weeks for this football team, and I mean, it, let's just say it hasn't been how anybody thought it was going to go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's disappointing. I, you know, as far as like, I don't know, people saying that they don't really want it, people saying that it's a losing culture, they don't care if they lose. Like, no, everybody cares that they lose, right? Like, yeah. You hear it all the time, I guess, in professional sports where it's like they're making so much money they don't care if they lose. Like through all levels, when you're dedicating this much time to something, you care if you lose. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's not with your time to keep losing. Right. And it's obviously frustrating for these guys. And you know, me and you joke about it. It's hard to come on here and do a podcast when all of SU sports keep losing. But at some point, like, you know, my heart goes out for them because they're dedicating again all their time all of these different things, a lot of energy, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, you know, all the cliches to try and, you know, win win games and win tournaments. And it's just, it's really hard when you're not. So, you know, it's it's just sad. And I hope, yeah. that, hope that we can get some wins here soon. Well, and what's crazy to me, like looking at their schedule, I mean, obviously the losses to San Jose State, Arizona State, and Eastern Washington, I get that. Because yeah, those, are, those totally. are dang good football teams. Totally. And then they beat Tarleton State, and that was like, when they pulled that off, I was like, holy crap, like these guys might have something. Yeah. Because that felt like such a big accomplishment. But then the last two weeks, they lost to Portland State um, on October 2nd, and then they just barely lost to Sacramento State on October 9th. And those two losses are why we are... I guess, in the moods that we are today because we know that those were very, very winnable football games. And, you know, going back to Portland State, like, they just could not finish off drives. Like, they had a drive. They were down by a touchdown. They were gifted amazing field position with, like, just over 50 yards to go, and they couldn't – they just couldn't capitalize on that. Yeah. And then against Sacramento State, it's like – is Sacramento State really that much better than us to beat us by 21 points? Like, I... Right, they weren't They weren't three touchdown favorites. Yeah, like, there were. There was so much that happened that game. Obviously, Miller threw three interceptions, which is never, ever good. I think at least two of those came in the red zone. Um, but the other thing, like, right before halftime, SU had a drive where it was, I think, fourth... Or it was third down, they ran the ball and set up what would have been a fourth and one, but then they got a holding call. So then it ended up being fourth and ten and they had to punt it. And then on the punt, they had a penalty running into the returner. So it's like two penalties back to back. It's like you can't you can't do that. Like you gotta be more technically sound than that. If you're if you wanna win these games, you want to kind of revive your culture. Like, you can't be committing penalties like that that just sort of shoot yourself in the foot. I think I think when it all comes down to it, it's just, like, you kind of just, like, referenced it. It's just a losing culture. It's yeah. a culture of a bad football team. Everything that we're saying, everything that we've been saying, is just the culture of a bad football team. Yeah. 
it it's has, hard. It has all the makings of it, right? Oh, well, we keep beating ourselves. You know, we know we have the talent. We're just – we're not pulling out games. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. Yeah, because we have a losing culture around our SEU football team right now. And it, it, it blows, if we're being honest, you know, and it's extremely frustrating. And I – yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say anything crazy on the podcast, but I think a lot of us can imagine where it starts. It no, starts I, at the top. So. I get you for real. And it's it's tough because just college sports, until I was in, like, having my job with the journal and stuff, I've never been into college sports, like, ever. Yeah. I've just always been more into pro sports. But, like, as I've learned more about it and stuff, it's just crazy how much different college sports are structured than, like, pro sports because there's so much turnover and stuff and obviously obviously it's going to be hard to coach when you've got brand new set of players every four years yeah and that's crazy and it's it's hard to you know establish good things with that happening but at the same time i don't know it's just well yeah but in my opinion that's that's the biggest like that's the biggest tell sign of who's good and who's not well in my opinion of like <laughs> of demario's future is yeah this is his first year of, a, of his own full recruiting class yeah right so yes you do have new players every four years but at the same time you're recruiting players that are going to fit into your system right. so that it's not as hard of a turnover right, right? Definitely. So you need to go out and recruit players that are going to flourish in your system. And, yeah, and that's a good comparison. Like pro sports, NFL, you have GMs who build a roster, and then the, it's the coach's job to, you know, adapt the scheme to the pieces that they're given. Yeah, exactly. Or they want to be stubborn and be like, this is my scheme, we're sticking to it. Or maybe they're friends with the GM and say, hey, let's compromise. But college sports, it's completely different. Like you mentioned, it's it's the head coach who does all the recruiting or most of yeah, it. Yeah, you have full control of who's coming into your program. Right. I guess so for the most part. They're Obviously, essentially you have the some GM. players that you don't get. But yeah. yeah, and I mean, again, easier said than done. But right. at the same time, it is it is the guys that Demo is bringing in. So, so they've got NAU up, up next. And... It's kind of hard to gauge how good this football team is. I mean, they beat University of Arizona 21-19. That is an FBS school. And then they lost to Northern Colorado 10-17 in overtime. And they just barely smacked Idaho State. They're coming off a 48-17 win. So, I mean, on paper, it looks like it could get ugly again. For I think you kind of just watched that at Arizona game, though. I mean, yes, it is FBS. Yes, it's a huge game, but... What does NAU have to play for versus what does Arizona have to play for, right? Yeah. Arizona's season's, like, essentially in the dump already because U of A just sucks at football. And NAU, they they have everything to play for in order to beat this, right, an FBS school. So right. I kind of toss that one. But, I mean, again, you know, they hung 48 on Idaho State, and I don't think SU scored 40 points all year. So we'll judge their talent based on this. They played South Dakota, one of the top FCS schools. I'd say probably a top 10 FCS yeah, school. Yeah. They lost to those guys 7-34, to NAU did. So, I mean, it's not like they're hanging with a top 10 FCS program. Right. Granted, only second game of the year. But right. I'm with you, right? So Eastern Washington is also in that top 10 yeah. FCS school area, right? So when we played Eastern Washington, we at least scored more than 7 points, right? Right. I mean, kind of the same thing, but... Yeah, anyway, all we're trying to say is that 
it should be as far as strictly talent wise goes we're not at a severe disadvantage right and right like i feel like in the eastern washington game it was almost like they came out and it, it looked like we were at a severe talent disadvantage and this one like it should be a pretty close game neck and neck but at the same time right? and like, that's what's frustrating we were saying the same yeah we were saying <laughs> the same thing about portland state and sac state so you know it's it's really hard to be sure but Ideally, also a big rivalry game, yeah. you know, and, and, and things change in rivalry games. Ideally, those emotions play into it. Is It is a rivalry. Who wants it more? The team that's, you know, been okay or the team that needs a win. The team that has a coach who's literally coaching for his job. Yeah. So And last, and in the spring, we lost twice to him by a combined, like, six points or yeah. whatever. So. Yeah, right. Good point. So it's going to be very, very close. After NAU, they're going to come back to Cedar on October 23rd. Uh, and that's going to be against the University of Northern Colorado. And I'm sure, I mean, hopefully the outlook for that game is better than what we're at right now. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's talk about other college sports, Parker. Um, big news in the college football world. Alabama suffered their first loss, what was it, since like 2019 or something? Yeah, since 2019 when they lost to LSU. Yeah, they just lost 38 to 41 to Texas A&M. That was a, that was a great game. And m kicked a field goal as time expired to beat number one Alabama. And it's, I, I guess, the reason I want to say it's such a big deal is in 2019, they lost to LSU, but LSU was better. And right? LSU, yeah, that's the LSU it was team off, that yeah, won the championship. With Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, legit three of like, Probably guess, the best yeah, that three, come out of that Yeah, three really good players in the NFL right now, in right. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow, were on that one LSU team, right? So when you look at that loss, it's not as bad for Bama. But for AM, right? AM was supposed to be good this year and then has kind of like underachieved. But then they beat Bama. And the reason everybody's in like, you know, such disbelief and such shock is because Bama is obviously better. And yeah. Bama is. I mean, until last week was obviously the best team in the nation. Georgia close second, but Bama and Georgia were arm and a leg better than everybody else in yeah. all of college football. And now it's like, you know, and I don't want to overreact too much. I still think that Bama's, you know, going to be ranked. What I, I, I don't know. I guess if Georgia doesn't lose, Bama's going to be ranked two at the end of the year. But like, and I still think that Bama could win the national championship. But it's just. All of the history that went with it, right? Nick yeah. Saban was 24-0 against assistant coaches. An, an assistant coach that used to coach under Nick Saban had never beat him. That's insane. Ever. And now Jimbo Fisher with Texas A&M just barely got the first win as an assistant coach that used to coach for Nick Saban against Nick Saban. And it's, I don't know, yeah, it's just the history of, and like going back to when Johnny Manziel was at A&M and A&M beat Alabama when Johnny was there, you know, and it's, I don't know. It it's was just, just awesome. It's awesome to see these top teams. I mean, Alabama has consistently for the last 10 years been, I mean, a top three team. So it's, it's just good to see them lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's kind of, I guess, contrasting to last year, you look at the talent last year. I mean, they had Mac Jones got drafted in the first round, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Yep. And then it's like this year – like, what prospects do they have outside of Evan Neal? I, I feel like they're they're a little quieter this year as far as NFL prospects. 
And because of that, I would not be surprised if Georgia wins the national championship. Um, I'm, I offensively, it is I would, prob- I I mean, would probably agree. Prospects. Yeah, but defensively, I mean, as far as some draft boards go, people are saying like five or six guys on this defense are getting drafted, right? Right. And it's and it is always hard, right? But especially on the defensive side of the ball to like know who's actually good, especially when you just sit down and look at it. And maybe they're not good. They just gave up forty points to an A and M team who, you know, didn't really have uh, an identity coming into the week, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, Georgia is, Georgia is incredible, right? Georgia just beat um, Ole Miss. I believe Georgia and Ole Miss played. Auburn. Dang it, Auburn, no. yes. Yeah, Auburn. Yeah, it was Auburn, Bonex, yeah. So Auburn scored a touchdown. It was the second touchdown. This is – we're in week six. Georgia is 6-0. and It was the second touchdown scored on Georgia mm-hmm. all year. Yeah, I remember seeing that on Twitter. That's it insane. Had been, they hadn't allowed – they allowed six points over like six quarters or yeah. something was what I yeah. saw. That Georgia defense is is unreal, yeah. and it's – you know, I'm super excited for, for Bama and Georgia to play whenever they meet well, up. Well, and what's fun, like as I mentioned, Alabama's just been at the top for so long. Like how long has it been like – Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, and that was it. Like, nobody else could touch them for the past five, ten years. And now Georgia's creeping up, and then who knows what it's going to look like in maybe another five years. Like, are there going to be more powerhouses, or is maybe we're going to see it kind of revert back to Clemson and Alabama? Right. It's, it's, always, it's always interesting, right? Because Iowa's, like, now the number three team in the right, nation, yeah, maybe the I number two team in the, the nation. Right, too. and so it's kind of it's kind of weird in that sense, but and I think that the only I used to be avidly against expanding the playoff, right? And you, I think you knew that because we, we we talked about it in some classes, but mm-hmm. I then realized that through conversations with with people and whatnot, I then realized that. In order for the playing field to be leveled, at least somewhat, you have to explain the playoff, right? Right. Because what is what is Cincinnati supposed to do as a recruiting tactic? Exactly. You want to come play for a national championship? Come to Cincinnati. That's a lie. Yeah. Cincinnati's not going to get to play for a national championship. So how are you ever supposed to level out the playing field if it's Bama, LSU, or excuse me, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and then a random fourth team that's always making the playoff. Right. You have to expand it to eight teams so that eventually we see some kind of of level playing field. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it would level out. Right. Who Who's to say that Bama still wouldn't get fifteen, twenty five star recruits? You maybe, know, and it's maybe like, instead of fifteen, they're getting you know t- right. twelve. 11 or 12. Yeah, which no, I and mean I'm, is... I'm totally with you. And then Cincinnati occasionally gets one. And right. then, you know, now we're actually playing for something. But I still think, because it is like, I think it's already approved, right, that they're going to expand in 2023 or whatever? I haven't heard about but I'm not really keeping tabs on that. Oh, I thought it was, I think it's already approved that they're going to expand. That's good. I like that. I do like that a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that for the first, like, I don't know, three to five years, I still think that it's going to be 
right. two that's teams not, that are gonna, far and above better than the rest. Right, right away. It's going right. to take some time, but it's it's always good to see change, um, especially things like the NCAA. Like they're so traditional with everything. Yeah, it's so good to see them finally fold to pressure from the public and stuff and make these changes. So just to wrap this up, I have the AP top five. Well, I've got the twenty-five pulled up, but I'll just name off the top five. This is music to my ears, Parker. It's Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, then Oklahoma and Alabama. So all those, I mean, those top three teams, like how often are those guys top three? Totally. It's awesome. Totally. It is awesome. But are they better than are Alabama? Those, yeah, are two, three, and four better than Alabama? I don't think Iowa could beat Alabama, though. I'll, you think Cincinnati could? I think Iowa I could get close just because of how good their defense is. Since he couldn't, Cincinnati Oklahoma could. couldn't. No. no, no, no. I don't think. I mean, if we're being honest, Iowa. It's going to be but. one of the combination of Georgia, Iowa, and Alabama in in that championship game. Yes. No, that's Oklahoma great. just doesn't have it. Right. They don't even know who's playing quarterback for them. So. So to move on, kind of bring it back home for uh, for SCU to wrap up this Thundercast. Let's do a little pre preview for basketball, just because I'm getting excited. Um, I know that basketball doesn't start till like early November, but SEU, the women's basketball team, is gonna go down to UNLV for I think it's their first game of the season, and I'm gonna go down. I think that's gonna be awesome. I, I'm super excited for that. I know they're probably gonna. You're going to? I don't see why not. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> I I think that would be super fun to go to. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. I, I, I guess I don't know why I was so surprised, but it's only Vegas. Vegas, baby. <laughs> when is it? When did you say? November. Um, I think it's November nine. Yeah, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited to like. I know what we just talked about and so on and so forth, but I'm excited to freaking get on here and be excited to talk about basketball and win games and well, let's talk just about say, freaking the Thunderbirds at yeah. playing Michigan. After after this fall sports season and I texted this to other people like I just like winter I'm sorry but winter sports cannot come faster for SEU. Yeah. And you know our women's team may not finish with a great record but Coach Tracy Sanders is outstanding in developing her players and what she does for this program, and they're always fun to watch. Yeah, um, they they did pretty good last year. So I was wrong. That UNLV game is not until November twentieth. Um, the women's basketball team will start off their season against Cal State Fullerton on November 9th. and then uh, they'll play a couple more games before they play at UNLV November 20th. That'll be great, though. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to go down to that. My girlfriend's from Vegas, so... Mm, now always, I get it. Yeah, always... And, I mean, why would you pass up an opportunity to go to Vegas? But on a men's basketball, I mean, we got great things coming back. Like, we were Big Sky regular season champs last year, and we are returning, I think, like 93% of our minutes or something like that. Mm, yes. Mm, 93% of our scoring? Of our scoring. 78% yes. of our minutes or something like that. Right, there you go. Which is so sick because we were one of the highest scoring teams in the nation yeah. last year. 
top behind like we freaking were, Gonzaga. I think we were number three. In that might have been fast break points. I don't have the exact stats. I should have. No, up. we were we were top five in total scoring, we and were, it was behind like Gonzaga, Colgate, and some other random. Freaking good. Tev Jones coming back. Uh, I think he led the Big Sky in scoring last year. Yeah. He's he was a huge addition to this Thunderbirds roster. John Knight the third. He's gonna come out as always. Only first a, team All Conference guy returning is Tev. Really? Yep. That's interesting. Everybody else that was first team All Conference last year either Transfer graduated or transferred. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the dudes from Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. He's the only one MVP last year and then transferred to Oklahoma. Right. Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. John Knight. He's super fun to watch. I think he might sneak into a uh, first team. He should be first team on conference. Uh, he is just his blend of like athleticism and just Touch. pure power and yeah, finishing around the rim like yep. pretty rare for a mid major school. So that's awesome to see him coming back. Dre Marine, super super nice guy, elite shooter, uh, very smart on the floor. He's a one of the, I think he's like top five or ten in scoring all time for. SEU, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he's great. And he's played, like, the most minutes or something. Yeah, and then Mason is coming back, Mason Fawcett. He's probably going to hit his 1,000th career point this year. Yep. Uh, Harrison coming back as well. I mean, shoot, that's already four guys, five guys. Like, that's, yeah, that's and great then, for and this then team. A couple transfers, Malik Muhammad um, coming in, to, uh, another big guy, 6'11 guy. Jared Spurgeon, who was here last year, didn't get a lot of minutes behind Yvonne. Is he Yvonne, the kid from Australia? No. You're thinking of Anand Moody? Yes, Moody. Moody's a stud. I've heard the ball from really my well. inside sources to, to watch out for Moody this year. <laughs> <laughs> I like your sources. Um, but, yeah, I just I'm really freaking excited. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that we don't lose at home again. And I hope that we beat the University of Michigan because that would be legendary. That would be so sick. I'm not kidding. Like I said, I'm going to Vegas for uh, <laughs> for women's. Yeah. I looked at airplane tickets to to Detroit. Um, oh, that would be unreal. Unfortunately, I don't have that kind of... <laughs> that, that kind of cash flow. Yeah. Journal doesn't pay us enough. Yeah. That would be sick, though, if the journal, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, could uh, sponsor a trick for it. <laughs> I think Hayden's trying to figure out a way to go. Oh, that would be so sick. But bottom line, I guess, is you should be really excited about both basketball teams. I think, uh, as I said, it's been a rough fall season, but I think both of these basketball teams are going to be very, very entertaining to watch. There's going to be a lot of good things happening on the floor. Uh, Coach Tracy Sanders, I already mentioned her. She's awesome. Coach Todd Simon, he's great as well. Uh, they've, they've done amazing things for the basketball program here at the school, and I'm, I'm very, very excited for early November. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, we already talked about it, but it's a big, uh, you know, a big bright spot for the T-Birds, and I guess for all of SU sports right now, is is the winter sports and our two basketball teams, and they need to get here because yeah. <laughs> we're, we're hobbling. We're wounded trying to get to the winter. Yeah, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, and we're crawling. Taste it. 
Well, but <laughs> me and Christian are never have never been so excited about a preseason game in our life. <laughs> Anyways, that is it for today's episode of the Thundercast. Thank you so much for listening, and look out for us next Tuesday.